0: Len, your host of Targeted Justice v. Garland, a podcast about an extraordinary lawsuit. This is an episode number 34. Do you know a superhero? Not of a superhero, but the actual superhero, I do. And her name is Anna Toledo, who is joining us today, as every Sunday, for our legal segment and more good morning anna
1: good morning Lynn. thank you for the uh yeah well you know we're all superheroes all every single targeted individual is a superhero because we have um survived military grade weaponry and like goji says we all de- deserve a purple heart so when you look at everything that we have all survived we we are, I, I honor you and I thank you, but I think we're all superheroes.
0: Of course, we are. But you actually have video evidence for that. I know a lot of people follow our tweets and our social media snippets, which I call Target Justice the Best of. And um, you have a very heartfelt thank you to all the target individuals. And you have a comedian. Uh similar target individuals who called you as over here. So yeah, it is documented. It's on the internet. It's forever. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to get to, to our legal segment. By the way, no guests today. It's just you and me, a lot of content. You don't want to miss it. Uh, so I can't wait uh, to get to it. You have prepared slides this week once again, and we're going to call that segment from the desk of Anna Toledo.
1: Okay, well, for the past three days I've been working, um, tabulating the the results, you know, the numbers that we have gotten through the registration, Uh, let me explain to those of you that don't know or understand what we're doing in the targeted justice webpage, there is a tab that says lawsuit and then it says registration. What we are aiming for is to, when the Fifth Circuit adjudicates that the 18 plaintiffs have a right to see the TSTB and their names in there and corroborate that their names in there, well, we are gonna ask to see targeted justice members that have filled out their registration through the page and I, as I have told everybody and I have assured it in the web page, that is a forms, a, a Microsoft Office forms that goes straight to my email that TJ register at proton me is exclusively one of the emails within my email account and uh, nobody handles that data except for me. So. I treat it with utmost confidentiality, even though there is no attorney client privilege, because it's not like just by filling the form you become my client. Instead, I have made this representation and I am keeping it. And so it's a lot of work for me because you know I have to do manually a lot of the verification. One of the things, one of the because we anticipated that the hackers were gonna be intercepting some of the forms. And so we asked people to send an email stating I registered and I have been able to verify that at least 25 of those registrations didn't come through. So I have to ask the person to do it again. And and, and some of them are not coming through. And I have to call some of the people that I know for a fact have children because they registered their children or their grandchildren, because uh, obviously the government criminals don't want for us to have the evidence that there are targeted children, as well as targeted grandma. I, I had uh, an 85-year-old lady that I had to assist because the government criminals were not allowing her to register because, it, you know, how do you explain to a court that an 85-year-old woman that doesn't even travel and lives in a t- retirement community is a threat to national security and should be on the TSDB That just doesn't happen. So I'm going to talk about the preliminary numbers that I have received because it is of utmost importance to the entire community. I am going through the sacrifice. I work seven days a week. It is utmost that we are, for the first time, really documenting the reality of what the district court called fantastical. We are going to prove it's not such a thing. It might sound like the district court said, bizarre. But so far, we have over 670 people that, are, that can sit down and testify under oath that they are being tortured, for example, with voice Call, And that's what we want. We want the, the power is in the numbers and in something done in co- confidentiality, but at the same rate. We want to check the names of the people in the TSDB. We want to know when they were put in that list And when they were changed from the Category 4, that is the less targeting, to the Category 3, which is most of us that know we are targeted. And then, as we will read at the end, there's also Category 2, because many of the J6ers, it seems, have been placed in Handling Code 2. And as we have always said, Handling Codes 1 and 2 also get tortured and also get gang and microwaved. The problem is that the courts have held that those two categories, they have upheld the legality of them, not the legality of where most 97 percent of the non-investigative subjects are, which is handling codes three and four, which is the experimental roster. So I'm going to talk about that when numbers speak. It's a, this is, you know, a, a superficial analysis, OK, of 1075 responses i have gotten so far i already covered what's in the slide those of you I, i will be writing to those that i know have children because they blocked their information but just make sure that if you do register send me the separate email so i can confirm and i will write to you i'm sorry If you're having problems with your computer, what I urge people to do is just go to a public library and do it there. Okay, so let's go to the next slide. Most most of the registrants uh, right now are from the United States, 86%. Now, people that have registered are primarily from the UK, Australia, and uh, Canada, outside of the United States. And what that tells us is, obviously, it's the countries that are in the five Eyes, which is United Kingdom, uh, Australia, New Zealand, United States, and Canada. And so it seems that there's the, the most amount of people concentrated outside of the United States in those countries. The top 10 states, again, it's not surprising uh, that Canada...
0: You mean California, not Canada?
1: I'm sorry, California, I'm sorry. You know that, thank you for correcting me because while I'm here, I, I don't even know how I do it. These people are like r me and trying to just you know, do the, exactly that. California has 137, Texas has 92. These are the percentages of the top 10. Now, <clears throat> in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, that's so strange that DC has so little because from the targeted justice IP statistics, reflect that we get huge traffic from dc and we know that there's a lot of people in dc that are targeted but the thing is that i have to join maryland and virginia to uh, combine them to see the actual because they do have combined it's very numerous so as you know we have in targeted justice 102 countries read the web page Now, within the states, we were able to determine which states has the most targeted individuals per capita because of the IP's address of the people that visit. Okay, so this is part of what we were talking about. Come out of the TI closet because, as I mentioned, this information only I am handling and it'll be for the purpose of going to see it in the court. And I have to prepare it well in advance because I'm just one person. And so I cannot wait to get a favorable ruling from the Fifth Circuit and then tell everybody, oh, please register because it, it would be non-manageable. So that's why you know we're doing it since now. Let's go to the next slide.
0: One little observation. It's very important, Anna, that you said that you are the only one handling it. Nobody else is handling this information. And so if you cannot trust Anna Toledo, you need to check your pulse. Thank
1: you, Len. And I want people to understand that probably you, Richard, and I are the most hacked people, that most hacked TIs, okay? So there are a lot of emails that you might send me and I don't get just this past week. It happened to Richard. He corroborated with an official uh, city agency that he had sent many emails and the emails were hijacked and never got to the destination. So for me, I am doing this manually and it takes an inordinate amount of time and I do it with utmost pleasure, because this is a battle that one cannot, I I don't rest. There's not one day I rest, you know, I, I have to work every day, because my adversaries have all the resources and all the personnel in the world. So I cannot afford to not work every day on it. So what I do ask is for people to like you say, you know, I am putting my word out there that it is just me handling this information. And obviously, it will not be sold. It will not be used for any other purpose than being able to identify your name in the TSDB. And ultimately, that's what's going to give everybody their day in court. And that's what I'm trying to convey that that's why this is such a valuable exercise for non investigative subjects to demand that their names be removed from here. Okay, so next one. This is interesting. we had talked about so far with the sample we have fifty four percent are women. I think that gets to be more like sixty six percent sixty percent, seventy percent, but we need more people to register, obviously in order to get to the to a more accurate depiction or or portrait of what this criminal program is. And so this is the numbers we have so far, but clearly it's in a majority women. So like we've always said, you know, it is a hate crime directed at women. Next slide. Now, the interesting part that I am getting from this is that it seems from the the, the sample we have, 37% of the people don't have voice to scroll, and 63% do have it. That seems to be, you know, the interesting, close to the 66% that we've talked about, you know, before the two thirds, the two thirds have voice to school. Let's go to the next one, because this is the interesting part. Even though two thirds of the sample we have state that they have voice to school, when you compare it, men and vis-a-vis women, you would think, well, if it's mostly women, then Mostly women would have it, but no, only 57% of women have the voice to call, whereas 70% of the men. And in my personal opinion, I think it's because since V2K is so disabling and men tend to be stronger, tend to be because like you know I I say I was supposed to be born a man but then God was so wise and said no let's make her a woman so they don't kill her or slash her face and so that's why I was like a man born into a woman but and I, I'm and I'm not gay not that there's anything wrong with it but it's just that was the way God worked it out for me to be here today but uh, so they put 70% they assume that it's, hard, it's In order to break men who are stronger, who are the warriors, the hunters, well, most, more men than women, considerably more men than women, get the voice to skull.
0: That's a truly interesting observation. You make sort of the assumption, it's a common sense assumption, that men tend to be more, I wouldn't say, not necessarily... More, uh, maybe more stoic, maybe more stubborn. But uh, I can guarantee nobody is going to <laughs> ask to use a man's bathroom because they, they have V2K, so I'm, I'm a Yeah, man.
1: well, but you see, here's here's what I see from this too. is uh, like I saw in a tweet a, a couple of weeks ago that um, some person is speculating that the reason they chose more women than men you know, that it's predominantly women. It's more than a hate crime. It's that women are more, usually, more submissive. And and so men tend to rebel more because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's testosterone and it's in the man's nature to be the hunter and the defender of the home and everything. So the way I see it is, since the purpose of this program is to put you on your knees and make you bend, well... I gather they believed they had to place more or of the a stronger torture on men. That's what, you know, who knows what goes through the heads of these people because some of the stupid tortures that they do, I'm like, really, is that supposed to do something to me? And it doesn't, but...
0: One last observation about VDK because this is really an area of so much interest and controversy that perhaps men are less likely to complain about V2K because of the social status and the stigma. And so that might be another element that would make them use V2K in men more than in women. Just a guess.
1: Definitely. And I mean, but when you see it's it's huge, it's most targeted men get it, you know, only 30% don't. So in due time, New time, truth will be known. And who was the Joseph Mengele or the Joseph Mengele that concocted this horrible program? And and it is my hope that we get to see, you know, what what was going through their sick minds when devising what torture to apply to what person. I want you all to know, I cannot reply to all of your emails and, and to your heartfelt stories because um I just don't have the time. But it that doesn't mean that they don't serve to fuel in my heart this desire nonstop to continue working to end this. And so just bear with me because I uh I don't trust anyone to have employees either. I do the work myself. I, I can't as you know, we can't throw. I can't trust anyone but you and Richard and and some TI said have helped me. And I will be reaching out to some TIs to help me with Excel because I am a self-taught apprentice. And so some of the TIs out there that know Excel really well, maybe can help me have a full command of this.
0: I'll help you. I I volunteer. Excel has been in my life for the last 30 years. I have a very close relationship with Excel. So yes, absolutely. Oh,
1: I love it. I love it. And and I am so, I've learned through videos, but here's what happens. That uh, when I look for a video to learn how to do some uh, function, the criminals block it. So I get videos for other things. But anyway, let's get to the next slide. Okay, so we're going to sort of mention uh, Charles Cable's legacy. and, And this came about, because what, one of the questions that I have in there is when did your targeting start or when it became really bad? And so Mr. Cable, who is one of the defendants in the case, and I mentioned last week how the Department of Justice didn't tell us that he had stopped working as the director of the terrorist Treating Center at the end of January. So two weeks after we filed our lawsuit, he decided to retire. And he had been at the terrorist screening center since 2017. When you look uh, closely at his legacy, which is in the next slide, you will see that 38% of the registered TI state that their targeting began from 2017 on. So uh, clearly, you know, it, it is my opinion he he was on a mission because many people say you know for all their lives, but just the fact that since 2003 at the very least, which is when these lists were consolidated until 2017, just the fact that 62% of the TIs were targeted before 2017 and 38% only since 2017 on, you can tell that he probably put Within the United States, at least 152,000 people on handling Coast three and four and, and around the world is like 2.3 million. And that's a lot of people under his, what, six years, seven, 2017, seven years? So six years. That's a lot. When you look in the next slide, you can see the comparison of the years, the amount of people he put in there. It's, it's just huge. 2016, is, it's a big year. It's a year that a lot of people mention. And I have mentioned before that that year was significant because that's when the Lockheed Martin satellite, the tracking satellite was launched. And and I think that's when they realized now we can target people. And then, you know, from 2017 on, it was it was the deluge
0: What it means to me, what these numbers mean to me, this surplus that started becoming apparent in 2017, post-2016, it's connected with something. Like, Like you mentioned, the Lockheed Martin satellite, that's a hardware. That means that they're technological means to take more targets on board. And this is the slide that I insisted on including into this presentation because 2016 is when the Directed Energy Weapon System Acquisition Act was introduced by a center, Heinrich, from New Mexico. It's a huge hub of directed energy research. Millions of dollars and over years billions are being invested into facilities in New Mexico for directed energy weapon research uh, center it was read on the senate and house floor and then it was forwarded to the us armed forces committee and then it was appropriated and so this bill actually one of the few very few places where the us government defines what directed energy weapon systems actually means and we need to recognize the difference between directed energy weapon so that your ray gun would be a weapon, something that shoots microwaves. But the directed energy weapon systems means a completely different thing. It means that the sensors are distributed and the weapons are distributed. And they all form one system, and it's all well organized and probably run by ai or by people who wrote the program for the ai so you can sense and you can target people with different means drones satellites cell towers and it's all in the system so watch the language a lot of people and i had these conversations with the very high ranking expert, and they would absolutely refuse to answer this question What is the difference between directed energy weapon and directed energy weapon systems? And I'm talking to you, Robert McRae. So let's read how this directed energy weapon system are uh, defined. It means military action using highly focused sound, electromagnetic. Or particle beam energy to incapacitate, damage, or destroy enemy equipment, facilities, or personnel. So, key words here beam forming, this is me, it means directed energy, and incapacitate, damage, or destroy personnel, not just equipment, but people. 2016, is when it was passed to the Armed Forces Committee, probably was ratified, budget was allocated. And very end of 2016 is when we had the first Havana syndrome attack in Havana, Cuba. And then in 2017, and going forward, we had Mr. Cable, and a big surplus of targeted individuals in the United States and all over the world. Connect the dots.
1: The information is public, they cannot hide it. And these are the pieces of a puzzle that are coming together to demonstrate this ongoing Holocaust in real time with using. American taxpayer money to torture innocent people right in their face. So it's just undeniable. It's like I have uh, repeated and, and said many times, and let me just take the time to say it again. People have taken it, just sending me their evidence of their targeting or. Please don't do that. I I have so much work and I have explained it many times and I'm going to explain it on one more time here, which is that we are basing our claims on uncontroverted official government documents that establish many important elements of our cause of action, which is number one, innocent people that have nothing to do with terrorism are included in a terrorist database. Under secret criteria. That is an uncontroverted fact admitted by the FBI. They cannot deny it, and that is illegal. The same way, the reason they admit they are not have nothing to do with terrorism because they don't get even screened in airports or when they travel. And it's contained in audit reports from the Department of Justice. So, what I tell people is please read the lawsuit and understand that the claims that we are making are based primarily on government documents, just like this, you know, government documents that the defendants cannot deny because most of them come from themselves. So the public information out there is such that there is no denying of this program. And so please don't send me evidence and because I, I am overwhelmed with work. Overcoming hurdles. Yes, I, I mentioned this. After you do the registration form, which is in the next slide, you send me a confirmation email saying, I registered, that's all I need, so that I can verify under the same uh, email uh, that you placed in the registration because I this is what sometimes people do. They put one email in the registration and then they send me an email from another one. So I cannot find the email from what they wrote to me saying I registered in that spreadsheet. So please connect the dots and put the same one. That's one thing. The other thing is that please spell it correct. Take the time, the three seconds it takes to make sure you spell it correctly. Because I have over 20 return mails. Because I then I sent a confirmation saying I got your information. Then when I send those confirmations, I have over 20 that the person wrote the email wrong. So you'll never get my confirmation email. And uh, when you write to me in the confirmation email, if you have registered your child, please put it in there. Look out for the child registration I did of so-and-so. Because what is happening sometimes is that I get the parents' registration And they did three more for the kids. But then I don't get those other three. So put it in your email so I'll be on the lookout that under your name or under your email address, I have those other three that belong to your children, obviously placed with the name of the children and the death of birth. The FBI doesn't have a means to explain to the court how a child is a terrorist threat. And why should they be? on a terrorist database so please if your child is being tortured send register your child and send me the email i will not share especially if it's about minors that information with anybody but with the court if if and when i have to go check for those names but it is crucial that children that if your child or your baby because i have had people send me pictures of their little babies' toes burnt, I'm sorry, this is where it gets to me. I try to not think about it
0: and I, and I, I, uh, allow me allow me to make a very, very important point that you brought up and this is checking double checking and triple checking. The nature of remote monitoring and remote interference is such that it will appear to you as if you are writing and typing the correct address while you actually your fingers are actually doing a different thing this is a nature of mind control brain control that changes your perception changes your sensory input changes your information input it is based on the science that we have found on this uh, type of interference. And it's based on, also on our personal experiences. So when you type something very important, like a telephone number or an email address, yes, slow, first number, rule number one, slow down. Do not rush. Like it's, you know, I've done it a hundred times before. First, slow down. Type every, <laughs> You see, see that sign, that's Zoom. Uh-huh. So, and by the way, here's another sign for you. For, uh, oh, that's all, so targeted, cute. all targeted individuals. So back to, to the rule. rule. Rule number one, you slow down and type one letter at a time and check it. Then you take a deep breath. You get up. You do something else, you change or think of something else. Or just for like 20, 30 seconds, just look outside and and see how uh, pretty your backyard is. Or look at the uh, pretty blue sky. Or if it's rain, listen to the sound of rain. Then come back and do the same thing again. Check it one letter at a time because this remote neural monitoring and interference, it will make you skip letters without even you realizing it. So that's rule number two, take a break, come back. And rule number three, do it for the third time. And that will make sure that you typed it correctly. So at least on your end, you provided the correct information and you've done it very deliberately. When you do things deliberately, when you think about what you're doing instead of being distracted by V2K or something else or electromagnetic impulses, you concentrate, you do it deliberately, and you follow these three rules that I just listed.
1: As an example, uh, at the end, I put country. And I was I got a lot of the input I got what people would put in their county, you know, like Houston is Harris County. And I would be like, oh, maybe I misspelled country and I put county. So I went back to the form. I know the form is correct, but that's exactly what you're saying. The the people, they see country, but they read county and they put in the county. You see. So I had to go back and correct them uh, and correct those. So, it does, yeah. Thank you for that because that's
0: exactly it. I'm glad we had a little chat about it. What takes regular people a second or five minutes takes some targeted individuals sometimes 30 minutes or an hour. Get used to it. This is like a lifestyle. You know, some people have to inject insulin for the rest of their life. We have to slow down and make sure all the information we're provided is correct. Do it slow, slow down, double check, take a break, triple check. All right, I think we, we covered the topic. We covered well,
1: it, and if you can only put the link there in the show notes and, and the QR or the QR so people can uh, go and register, because um, I think that n- not only checking For their names in the tscb uh, if and when and i and i make it very clear i'm not making any representations of something you know that this is what we're asking for the court and we depend on the court granting it but i don't see why in our democratic system and in our judicial system i don't see why innocent, innocent people a court would hold that that innocent people are not entitled to see that that have no ties to terrorism to see verify if their names are have been improperly placed in that TSCB so I urge people to to do so knowing that it is just me handling this information so if you can just put the link that would be really great
0: definitely both QR code and the link that we had. your email that's uh, special email that you created for this purpose it will all be in the description of the video we put a lot of useful information you all you have to do is just read the description of the video you will get all the links for example last time we talked about a neurologist in new jersey and i can't tell you how many emails and tweets i got asking How can I reach that doctor? What's the number for for her office? And I always said, here's the number, but please look in the description. You will find all the useful information because we're thinking ahead of time what you might be asking. So we put that information in. So please use that.
1: The next slide is, again, a testament that what we are talking about it concerns every American out there. This is just a news article that was uh, came out today in the Gateway Pundit, how a retired Army captain, Iraq War veteran, and J-6 defendant, Gabriel Garcia, was blocked from entering a military base to get, you know, how they're entitled to free medical assistance in military bases because he was put on a terror watch list. And now he gets stopped every time he travels. He's on the terrorist watch list, like so many J-6ers. He, he tells the story how he's in the airport watching all these illegal immigrants that are being placed in airplanes and shipped I don't know where, and they have no problems getting their boarding passes. He had to wait over an hour and a half to get his boarding pass. This is a patriot. This is a man that fought on behalf of our nation in Iraq. And he's being treated like a terrorist, only because he walked into the Capitol building, he took video, and when he was asked to leave, he peacefully left. He didn't destroy anything, and his trial is coming up in November 20th. So I have no doubt that all the J6ers have been placed, not in handling kill three and four, but in Handling Code, too, because Brandon Straka, who is the leader of the movement, walkaway movement, he has also in social media talked about how he gets every time he travels, it, you know, they test his finger fingers for explosive and everything. This man, Gabriel, got kicked out of an Airbnb, just like one of our advisory board members. And uh, he's chased bank account was canceled. And this just goes to the illegality of naming innocent people as suspected terrorists, because it completely affects every aspect of your life, as we have been saying before, from something so innocuous as sending money through a Western Union, you're forbidding from doing that, to life altering situations like the man in uh, Washington State that couldn't get their uh, medical attention on time. Even though they say that, that over there it's another kind of blacklist, I have no doubt that what they're doing is that they're taking Handling Coast 3 and 4 and making their own Seattle uh, City blacklist. But that happened, like as you know, to Richard Lighthouse. He almost couldn't make it to the hospital with a microwave cost Long block plot because the sheriff says we have to secure the premises. We were told a suspected terrorist was lived in the in the area in this premises. So what we're seeing here is that the arbitrary, capricious, and illegal placing of people on the terrorist screening database can cost them their life, and that has got to stop. This news article, I think, should be particularly troubling to all of those that say. Oh, no, that's not with me. No, this can happen
0: to you. Uh, As you can see, this is uh, the very latest edition. Just fresh off the press, we saw this article, and we just could not afford not to put it in the show because of its significance, just like you described, Anna. And people have been put on the terrorist screening watch list, and they are becoming one of the targets in real time in front of the very eyes. And here's now, there's a whole new group of people called uh, J6ers that are part of this uh, process. So to say FBI is out of control would be a severe understatement.
1: And I want to mention something really important from a legal perspective. This man, Mr. Garcia, he has acquired rights. As a veteran, he has a right to go shop. In the military base, as you know, it's cheaper, cheaper gas, cheaper and better groceries and go to the, you know, I don't know if they have entertainment for the kids, whatever, or even the school. He has a right, an acquired right uh, that came from his years of service to this nation. And he is being deprived of those rights without just compensation or due process of law. So. Reckless placing the, of him in uh, this terrorist database is depriving him of property rights in contraversion of the Fifth Amendment. The same happens to you You, as as, a, as an individual. We all have a presumption of innocence. We have to be treated equally before commercial establishments. All these commercial establishments like Airbnb that are denying people that have not been convicted of a crime that are just illegally deemed suspected terrorists, they are exposing themselves to severe class action lawsuits because they are being an accessory to the deprivation of rights by the authorities that are doing it. You know, that's where civil rights comes into play. You cannot, even if you're a private entity, if you are acting in collusion with, a government entity depriving you of your civil rights you are equally culpable and liable and that's why these companies they have to realize we have the commercial establishments letter campaign that goji has been carrying out is these companies have to realize that they are engaging in liability when they deny services to a person just because they are illegally placed on this list
0: thank you anna and that concludes our legal segment. If you noticed, sometimes I prepare slides for the legal segment. And sometimes Anna. Anna has done it two episodes in a row. And so we will have just a special format for her. And we're <laughs> going to call it From the Desk of Anna to Leader. And this idea just came to me. A targeted individual's. If you have uh, some creative spark in you, if you have an urge to express yourself, here's an opportunity to create a logo that would visually appealing, that would uh, say from the desk of Anna you can put as much creativity into it as you wish, and then send them to me via direct message on Twitter, to P Sardonicus, which is also in the name of this uh, YouTube channel, and then Anna will pick the best logo that she likes. It will be <laughs> it will become her permanent official logo for when she puts together slides. And you, the creator of the best logo, will receive a complimentary T-shirt. Uh, targeted justice v garland our official t-shirt <laughs> uh, for our podcast so that's my announcement and thank you anna for putting together this important valuable useful information
1: well and thank you for for fixing my my presentation i, I have to say that you know how there's formats and templates in in Microsoft. But the problem is that when I try to use those templates, um, the criminals interfere with them and, and mess everything up. So I can't really make things fit well. So thank you. That's why I did it blank. And, I, and it was so Spartan. so thank you for uh, making it look a little better. It's like you said a little while ago, as targeted individuals, we have to get used to that things are going to take a little longer. And not become frustrated with it because it makes us more creative. It forces us, off, us to use other parts of our brain, I think, and to become craftier. And that is a talent and, and that they never stopped coming. And I, I think it's really powerful to overcome so much attack from so many powerful entities. And And at the end, I was able to convey the information
0: uh, to all of you. Somebody said that uh, that that discipline will give you freedom. And I think this perfectly applies to our situation. Discipline will give you freedom. So freedom that we all much desire and deserve. Let's go to our second segment. Our segment today is a continuation of the Targeted Justices, the FBI File Series. What did the FBI do now? What hasn't it done? And so this is issue number three that I call meaningless correspondence. And we will review a standard FBI response to target individual. If you are lucky that the FBI actually answered your complaint, this is the standard response that you will get. And I'm using... My own example. So, FBI never responded to my personal complaint, but the FBI responded to the inquiry by the Congresswoman with the following letter from the US Department of Justice, January 26, 21. Dear Senator Duckworth, she's my Congresswoman. This is in response to your November 16 inquiry. On behalf of your constituent, who makes allegations of being a victim of directed energy. While we appreciate you bringing Mr. Bear's concern to our attention in order to the FBI to initiate an investigation of any complaints we receive, specific facts must be present to indicate that a violation of federal law within our investigative jurisdiction has occurred based on the information. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we are unable to assist. So three things that I underline in this letter. The first one, I received the diagnosis of Havana syndrome. They call it allegations. That's a mismatch. The FBI said that they need specific facts to be present. We asked the FBI, what are these specific facts? What exactly are you looking for? But FBI never answered these questions. Neither to me. Well, they never contacted me. They're afraid to talk to me to the office of my uh, both Congresswoman and the House of Representatives. They never they would not uh, answer that question. And then this is a very carefully grafted letter that I checked with other TIs and they received language with the same letter. So this is their standard response. The every word in this letter means something and they're talking about this federal law that has been violated the federal law within our jurisdiction do you have any idea what they might be talking about Anna
1: well I can think of a lot of laws that are being violated and they just want to look the other way because the CIA has admitted that no foreign power for example, was involved in Havana, in the Havana victims. Number two, the National Academies of Sciences have stated that it is only through the by means of microwave attacks that you get Havana syndrome. So clearly, if you are within the United States, the United States would know, you know, if somebody was if some foreign power was making an attack, they wouldn't allow it. You're clearly the victim of, of directed energy weapons. And they do have to investigate it because it's military weaponry being used against a civilian. Of course they have to investigate. That's number one. And then what boggles my mind is how can one of the participants in a RICO Act scheme, which is what I deem this to be, uh, investigate itself? And that goes to the root of the problem here. The agencies that are called to investigate are the ones carrying out this atrocious scheme so citizens really don't have anywhere to go because of course they're they're going to protect themselves and they're going to protect their co-conspirators private or public whether it be police departments whether it be surgeons dentists they're going to protect them all so that's why we we're in court because we need for to declare illegal the practice of placing innocent non-Paris on a terrorist database. It's the only way. You cannot expect the agencies that are carrying out the the violations of law to investigate themselves, because we've seen it.
0: That's correct. That's why we're in court. So the Congresswoman Office uh, personnel, in this case, acted as a liaison between the FBI and the complainant. They never, they would never make any uh, direct contact with me. And so after back and forth, back and forth, they finally sent another letter. And this one is dated November 2022. And it's a little bit more extensive. They still say that Mr. Bear believes he's suffering from Havana syndrome. And they... And they say, and they understand that Mr. Bayer is seeking guidance from the FBI on his medical condition, which made me just <laughs> laugh. Nevertheless, okay, this is an extra life. He said, I would encourage this gentleman to sign the letter. I would encourage Mr. Bay to contact his local field office, which I actually did. I went to the local office just to follow up on this letter the FBI generally requires an articulable factual basis to open full investigation. He reverted to the same framework of the first letter. And he said that based on prior correspondence, there does not appear to be specific facts to include a violation of federal law within the FBI jurisdiction. They're like parrots repeating the same the same letter that they decided to. Uh, This is the format. This is the language, how we address complaints of targeted individuals. And in this particular case, they equate diagnosis with belief. It's not that I believe that I've been attacked by directed energy. I have a diagnosis. That links it to directed energy, and of course the fact that I'm seeking to medical guidance, uh, seeking medical guidance from the RBI is simply laughable. And once again, back to the same format, they, they need articulable factual basis, but they never answered what facts need to be presented, and what is the federal law within. Our sort of so, so sorry, there's a type of it within our jurisdiction. What's interesting is this letter from the FBI, dated November 22, was issued a year later after the press release from the FBI it was issued. It's on the next slide. Reuters reports in November 21 a year before that previous letter was written, that FBI calls dealing with Havana syndrome a top priority. And there's a whole press release about how determined they're to get to the bottom uh, of things. However, in the same article, they mentioned Mark Zaid, who represents Havana syndrome victims, and said that historically, the FBI has been less than helpful particularly by claiming victims are suffering psychosomatic symptoms, even though they never interviewed the individuals like myself. I suspect, Zaid said, this is about to change. Today, in October, 2023, we know that it has not changed. This is a report from August 22nd it reflects the same press release by the fbi and it has quotes by mark Zaid, and i found it very comprehensive and interesting i want you to listen to me
2: there are still so many unanswered questions here but more is coming to light about the extent of this problem The issue first made headlines after American diplomats and spies in Havana experienced puzzling brain injury symptoms in 2016, like dizziness, headaches, and memory loss. The government called this mysterious syndrome anomalous health incidents, and now Newsy has exclusive details that FBI agents are also reporting these symptoms on U.S. soil. There have been double-digit members of the FBI, employees of the FBI who have been injured in multiple locations inside the United States. Prominent National Security Attorney Mark Zaid represents current and former FBI personnel. He says a dozen or more incidents have been reported in Washington, D.C. and in Florida, mainly out of the Bureau's Miami field office. These are cases that have been brought to the attention Not only of the FBI, but also the CIA and the DNI and folks on the Hill. Uh, These have not been really publicized in any way. In fact, the reality is domestic incidents are being downplayed, if not outright ignored. By the u.s government he says the incidents have mostly occurred within the last four years the common thread he's seen in victims across multiple agencies is work related to russia the ahi investigation is like an iceberg we only see the top one-third most of it is beneath the surface i've seen beneath the surface but even i have only seen a little bit beneath the surface. Just this winter, the CIA assessed that most reports were either explained by medical or environmental conditions, not a foreign adversary. But the agency still couldn't rule out a nation state in a subset of cases. The attorney's requests for FBI records under the Freedom of Information Act have so far led to nothing. Here's a recent letter describing B-7A exemptions, which withholds documents pending a criminal investigation. When Newsy described the incidents to the FBI, the Bureau told us the issue is a top priority and that the FBI takes all U.S. government personnel who report symptoms seriously, including messaging its workforce about how to respond if they experience an incident and where they can receive medical evaluations. And this lawyer is also trying to obtain a 150-page report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which he says now is being called a draft, so that means that they could withhold it from his FOIA request. He says that the CIA is up in arms about its potential release because it contradicts the agency, and it hews more closely to a report by the National Academy of Sciences, which says that it's plausible this is pulsed electromagnetic energy. Meanwhile, a source familiar with the matter says that's just not a fair depiction. Chance. Wow, Sasha Engler, you will not give up on this story. You've been after this.
1: Exclusive reporting on puzzling illness. Thank you.
0: So that has been our issue of the FBI files.
1: Here, Here's the thing, Len. The United States... If if it was a foreign nation carrying out, perpetrating these attacks on civilians, uh, the United States would know it because they have the technology to do so. That's one thing. <clears throat> and the other thing is they're, they're just gaslighting people because they know where it's coming from and they know who's doing it and they know who has the weapons and who is using those weapons against innocent people. So... Um, it's, it's a matter of time when all will be known, and we just hope that Congress would move in and do something before it has to be us unveiling this atrocity. Mr. Jordan has his weaponization committee precisely investigating the wrongdoing at the FBI and uh, the labeling of innocent people as domestic terrorists which is nothing but including them in the terrorist database yet they have shied away from looking at the silent holocaust going on in front of everybody and i i really urge them to just take the initiative to investigate and do something about it like senator frank church did before it is you know the individuals like us that are giving this fight that unveil it and and put it out in the public
0: yes it's interesting that uh, you mentioned the churches commission i think this is where it will eventually end in in the congressional hearing after we through our legal efforts expose this program when it becomes so obvious to everybody, when it becomes the front page news, when it becomes a topic that they cannot ignore, and they will have to uh, hold a hearing on this MK Ultra on steroids, MK Ultra and the COINTELPRO on using technology of the 21st century. This is where I think it's all going to. This is the direction, but we can only get there through our legal efforts.
1: And also through the grassroots efforts of the targeted individuals that are doing their letter-writing campaigns. It seems that during the last nine months, government criminals behind this program have put the program on steroids. The torture, not just for the plaintiffs, but the torture for everybody, has increased tenfold. And so it is like they're desperate to try to annihilate as many people as they can before the truth comes out in the court of law. I I urge you, everybody, to stay strong because that means that they're just desperate. That's, that's how I see it.
0: Thank you, Anna. That's a great message to end our show because it is coming to an end and I have to give it a name. And as for me, I'm calling this the Federal Bureau of Hypocrisy. As we have seen in today's podcast and in the previous issues, the FBI has no problem talking out of both sides of their mouth, declaring dealing with Havana syndrome a top priority and saying that only after specific facts are presented, which the agency, of course, would not say what they are, it wouldn't even initiate the investigation. Moreover, apparently, it is up to the complainant to explain to the FBI what specific federal law has been violated within the agency jurisdiction. If I knew, I would be in court alleging just such violations. And we at Targeted Justice are doing just that because we cannot rely on the FBI to do that. It appears that the FBI forgot its agency motto, fidelity, bravery, integrity. Fidelity means faithfulness to the mission to investigate crime. But this fidelity is nowhere to be found. The FBI is not investigating crime. They're waiting for you to tell them which federal law has been broken. So they might consider investigating it. That, of course, is only you who presented specific facts, that only the FBI knows what they are. Bravery means courageous behavior. Where's the courage? When its agents are not brave enough to talk to a complainant directly and only respond to a written inquiry by an elected official. And integrity is the quality of being honest. Calling Havana syndrome a top priority on one hand and refusing to investigate, diagnosed, confirmed, and verified cases of Havana syndrome in the same breath indicates that the FBI took a dump of integrity, and flushed the toilet. We have been warned by the FBI whistleblowers, including my personal hearer, Stephen Fred, that the agency cannot be fixed. It can only be fumigated and rebuilt from the ground up in order to overcome its dysfunctional, corrupt, and make-believe ways. Until the pest control arrives, and effective decontamination takes place. We will be here every Sunday, rain or shine.